This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. Citizens, welcome to the Fortress of Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And we are the Cape Podcasters. And this is the show that said we'd be back. And we're back. Is that your Austrian? Is that what we're going to go with? Uh, sure. Why not? There it is. We made it back, okay? We are back with the show. After six weeks of no episodes, now we have new ones for you. All right. I'm going to direct you for a second because that's just a little bit embarrassing and I, I won't stand for it. <laughs> okay. If you're going to do an Arnold, you need to really get in a character. So what I want you to do is make your pecs dance just a little bit. Look at me, square in the face as you do. Oh, and square in the face. Make them dance. Make them good. Good. Terry Crews Now style. you have to say that lifting weights is like coming. <laughs> lifting weights is like coming. No, say it again. Lifting weights is like coming. Now imagine that your maid is in front of you. Oh, bent yeah, yeah, over yeah, yeah. Okay. and then yeah, say yeah, yeah. whiffing whiffing <laughs> lates <laughs> i got too oh, too much in the now moment i see I why flustered. arnold went for the maid <laughs> lifting weights is like coming now i lost the arnold it's there it's got the maid is in brian's head just like She's arnold was in the maid flustered I, uh, brian i'm so excited that we're back i'm super excited to be back and even more excited to get to do arnold impersonations and the reason you get to do them is because this week we are talking about The Terminator from 1984, directed by James fucking Cameron. Jimmy Cams. He's back, baby. Oh boy, is he. No blue folk in this one. It's, uh, it's a shame when you think about it, because this it would really, be a very yeah. different movie with the blue folk. It'd be insanely different. Have you ever seen The Terminator before? Of course. Who hasn't seen The Terminator? I wasn't sure if I had. I have seen it once before this. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those movies I'm watching it going like, this looks kind of familiar. It's like, I know I've seen Terminator 2, but is this the first time I've seen Terminator? Be a weird thing to do. Just skip right to the sequel, even though the sequel is so damn good. It's so good. Give me your thoughts on the Terminator. Hey, it's a pretty good movie. All right. There you go. It's got time travel simplified for the layperson. <laughs> is, is it simplified, though? We're going to get there. But, well, we'll We'll discuss time fuckery for sure. Time fuckery has never been a more appropriate term. I think this movie does a really good job of explaining it in an accessible way. But does accessible make it appropriate? Not necessarily. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I see where your head's at, and I will meet you there later on. I can't wait to meet there. Let's just get right <laughs> into this thing. I'm so excited to talk about The Terminator. The Terminator. Welcome to what is probably the most accurate depiction of what L.A. will actually look like in the year 2029. <laughs> There's a giant robotic vehicle rolling over some human skulls and zapping the human rebellion forces with laser beams. You know, future stuff. That's how you know it's future stuff. And it's kind of weird that 2029 is not that far off. It's really not that far away. We get some text on the screen. The machines rose from the ashes of the nuclear fire. Their war to exterminate mankind has raged for decades. Well, we're already behind there. We sure but are. The final battle would not be fought in the future. It would be fought here in our present T-1000. 
tonight. Cut to tonight, 1984. <laughs> what a smash cut. <laughs> My man here is just trying to pick up the trash when there's a sudden lightning storm in the middle of the parking lot, which gives way to a very naked Arnold fucking Schwarzenegger. He's so naked, and it's jarring how naked he is. So insanely naked that I have trivia facts about it of the IMDb nature. I can't even imagine what the people had to say about this. Oh, yeah. Well, here's, here's what's great. I have the traditional one for them, one for us. I have paired up actual IMDb trivia facts with what I believe are caped trivia facts for each of these installments this episode. Look at you. Yeah. Mr. Professional over here. Oh, we had time off to plan, baby. Magic does happen when you have time off. I'm going to lead off with the actual IMDb trivia fact, which I'm not convinced on this one is not also a caped IMDb trivia fact. <laughs> oh, gosh. What are those? All right. Schwarzenegger prepared for his role as the Terminator by eating lots of iron-enriched foods three times a day for six weeks straight, which is ironic because the Terminator is made of metal. That is not caped, I don't think. I think that is a human being using their fingers and digis to type on a computer going, watch this. He ate a lot of iron and, therefore, Metal Man. I shouldn't shit on it, because what if it is one of our listeners? It could be one of our listeners. In that case, I'm proud of you. If it's not, ah, come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but if it's one of you, good job. I love you. Good job. If it's not, though. A pat on the head. <sighs> Public school failed you. Ooh. Yeah, that's not what iron does. But it may be. But maybe. But also, great job. How many licks are the center of an IMDb trivia fact? <laughs> the world may never know. <laughs> Three. <laughs> a one. A two. <laughs> uh, Three. 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 I do a really funny thing with my jaw when I do an Arnold impression, I've, I'm noticing now. I feel like I'm a snake. Like, I unhinge that bad boy. <laughs> it doesn't even sound like that in this movie. No, no. <laughs> well, I mean, he only has like 17 lines in this movie. So. We're going to get there. I want to talk about that. We're going to get there. Here is what I suspect is a caped IMDb trivia fact. Buchteln, or Wuchteln are a pull-apart style yeast sweet roll that is filled with apricot jam and is a delicacy in Austria. They are not in this film, but the audience does get to see some sweet Austrian buns. It's true. It's completely true. Chef's kiss. That's what I'm looking for in my IMDb trivia facts. I had so much fun typing them for this movie. I don't know what's approved and what's not approved. This is very exciting. So we're going to have some fun. So Arnold Schwarzenegger is immediately noticed by a bunch of punks who try to fuck with him even though he's naked and you can see that he's very clearly Arnold fucking Schwarzenegger. Why are you messing with this guy? You can see his musculature. Is that what he named his penis? You can also see his penis named musculature. <laughs> That'd be insane. Come here, mate. Come say the musculature. <laughs> it rolls right off the tongue, wink. I see you are checking out my musculature. You're making my musculature hard. <laughs> Let me flex my musculature for you. Oh, boy. Oh, wow, we went blue early and hard. <laughs> we won't do it again. After I say that, Arnold Schwarzenegger's definitely done cock push-ups, a la Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny. You only need to do one. <laughs> you only need to do one. <laughs> Called it his baby sass. <laughs> That's my baby sass. Musculature, my baby sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> Arnold tells the punks to give him their clothes. 
and a blue-haired Bill Paxton pulls out a switchblade. Shouldn't have done that. That's that's a mistake. This is not the right move, Bill Paxton. Nope, nope, nope. Arnold Kalima's one of the guys. (laughs) Just straight up rips his heart out. Which was, again, jarring. Naked man pulls heart out of punk was not on my bingo Check leash. Well, what do you call a bingo? Just like it's just a bingo card. A bingo check leash is what check, you check leash. It's all the Austrian. For what it's worth, though, get rid of Naked Man and just replace it with Florida Man and say it again. Florida Man rips heart out of punk. Yeah, no, that checks out. It totally checks out. Yeah. Then he incapacitates the other two guys and he gets dressed. The action right away. <laughs> Meanwhile, in another part of the city, another lightning storm is happening, and this one gives way to a much smaller human being, a Michael Bean. You gotta imagine that he's gotta feel just a little shitty, that Arnold just had, like, this naked scene, and he <laughs> looks like Arnold, and then Michael Bean dropped, and he's all naked, and he's just trying to, like, cover up right away, like, oh! Is this scene coming right after Arnold's scene? Cool. No, it's, I'll work out a little, I guess. Hello, audience! Say hello to my musculature! <laughs> ah, you probably shouldn't call it that. I have named him Musculature Junior! You it should looks call just it your like little bean! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good! <laughs> uh, sorry to step all over what you were saying, but... It wasn't important! <laughs> That's Mr. Bean to you. Uh, <laughs> Did Mr. Bean ever get a maid? Nope. That wasn't covered in any of those six episodes. They're so good, though. They are, but it's amazing this legacy the guy has off of six episodes of television. Six episodes in a movie. Isn't that what they say? Or six seasons of is what they say. <laughs> <laughs> so Michael Bean needs to cover up his Mr. Bean real quick. He steals some pants from a bum, and then the cops chase him down for that. Because they're like, hey, leave bums alone. This is 1984. You can't be stealing pants. You're very suspicious standing in that alleyway, stealing pants from bums. It's true. So they chase him through a department store where he gets a trench coat and a nice pair of Nikes. Why Nikes? Because product placement. It's not Cheerios box bad, but it's not great either. It's a, hey, we're going to frame this shot underneath the car so when you get out, we can see the logo on your shoes. Swish. <laughs> Swoosh, that's what it is. Swoosh, right. Right, it's not when a basketball goes into the sweet hoop. It's just That would be swoosh. a more appropriate name for it. because Swish? We, you know, they, they make shoes for basketball. But they also do it for other things. Right, well, which that's where the swish comes in. Swoosh. It's complicated, I know, but it's I can't imagine most people who wear Jordans are ever going to hit or even a free throw. And they're certainly never going to dunk. I feel like statistically... Yes, you're correct. Most people wearing Jordans will not. And maybe that's why they went swish. No, swoosh. No. swoosh. Let's go with swoosh. The sound of the ball completely missing. That's right. <laughs> so with his new disguise of clothes, Michael Bean blends right into the city streets of L.A. and makes a beeline for a phone booth. As you do in 1984. Because he's got to get that sweet phone book because he's looking for Sarah Connor. Who isn't, though? The next morning... Arnold is busy stealing a car and a whole bunch of guns, and then he too finds a phone booth and looks up Sarah Connor. It's just the thing to do. Everybody is like, I need a phone book. I got to find how many Sarah Connors there are here. Three? Good. This will be easy. If you drank for every time you saw a phone book in this movie, you'd be on the floor. And that is such a weird drinking rule to have. This would be a fun movie to make a drinking game out of. Oh, without a doubt it would. And I'm sure it's already been done. More than likely. And you know what? Phone books are probably already in the rules. 
I feel like if they didn't include the phone book, then they weren't really watching. It's a good point. So Arnold goes to the address of the first Sarah Connor in the phone book, and he shoots her dead. As you do, right? Yeah. He, like, walks up this walkway to this woman's house. <laughs> Might as well just waved at the kid who was playing there in the front yard. He goes, Sarah Connor. She's like, uh-huh. Are you Sarah Connor? Sir. <laughs> Bang! And now she is no longer Sarah. Well, I guess she's still no, Sarah No, she Connor, still is. But... Well, now she was Sarah Connor. She's an ex-Sarah Connor. Cut to a living Sarah Connor. Linda fucking Hamilton. She looks nothing like she does in Terminator 2. <laughs> Not at all. But it works. It does work. She's a very busy waitress at Big Jeff's. And her coworker's like, hey, you gotta come check out the news because somebody with her name is dead, and that's fun, right? This coworker was way too excited to share this. You gotta come right now. This, this news only happens once in a lifetime. Or maybe twice today. We'll see. We're going to find out the hard way. Michael Bean has a flashback to the future. <laughs> oh, that's <Yeah>. complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Where he's been fighting these giant robots. One of his comrades is killed, and he looks irritated about it. Not, not like sad. He's just like annoyed. That's how I get whenever my buddies drop in future wars. What? D- darn it. She didn't get out of there in time with the, with the bomb. She got runned over. I'm annoyed. Ah. So he jumps into a nearby getaway car through the windshield, my favorite way of jumping into a car, and then he pushes the guy who's already driving out of the driver's seat because he has control issues. Yeah, he does. <laughs> but it's great. He's just, he's just Duke sliding through the windshield, <laughs> and he's like, get out of the driver's seat. I got to go. What a power move. It really is. And then he snaps back to the present, or the past, the, the now time, tonight. Tonight. Which is, which is now the next day. It's, oh boy. So. <laughs> Yesterday evening. Uh, yeah. Um, or this morning. I don't know. He goes back to when the movie takes place. And he continues to search <laughs> the for movie Sarah Connor. <laughs> 1984. Sure. Sarah and her roommate Ginger are getting ready for a night out on the town. They're doing, they have separate plans, but they're getting ready together. Uh, but Sarah's date calls and cancels. So she's like, I'm just going to go to a movie instead. And as she's leaving, she's met at the door by Ginger's boyfriend, Matt, who is a creep. He is a creep, but he's like one of those lovable creeps. You feel like he might mean well, because he's a little flirty with Sarah Connor, but it's kind of like understood like, nah, it's nothing. He date my best friend. It's it's silliness. It's it's goof-em-ups. And I feel like he has to kind of throw her the bone, not literally, because (laughs) it seems like Sarah Connor's only friend is her iguana. She does have an iguana, inexplicably. That's just missing at a point, and then it's not. And then it's not. So we can get that jump scare later. <laughs> yeah, that's it. What a weird Chekhov's iguana. It is. It's an interesting Chekhov's iguana, but this iguana serves another purpose. It's the only reason this movie passes the Bechdel test. Is it really? Because Sarah and Ginger briefly talk about the iguana. Oh, my God. I mean, if you have to force it, I guess that's how you do it. There you go. It's a twofer with the iguana. <laughs> okay. Unable to reach Sarah to inform her about the second murder of somebody with her name that day, the police are like, I guess we just release the information to the public instead and hope she sees it. It's insane. Because you do have (laughs) Lieutenant Ed Traxler, who's played by Paul Winfield. Yes. 
and he's telling his lieutenant man, his other sidekick, his cohort, I don't know what he is. He's like, well, you got to call. He's like, I did call. He's like, go fucking call again. Keep calling. There's a clear and present pattern here. Look in the phone book. Drink. There's three Sarah Connors and two of them are gone. Who do you think's next? We never Even... get cases this easily. This might as well be Minority Report. We are capable of seeing future crime right now. Even Other news cop reporters man? are like, "Is it? did you notice that it's going in the order they're in the phone book drink? <laughs> Which is crazy because they haven't even released the information to the news yet. It's true also. Time. How does it work? I don't know. It's the magnet of this movie. So because they released the information to the public and Sarah's just alone in a bar somewhere that's playing the news, she hears the information and they try to change the channel. Like, who cares about somebody dying? And she's like, don't change it. And then she gets scared and leaves and everybody's like shrugging. Like, what was that about? (laughs) It was very, very aggressive. I'm watching the news. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I guess she really cares about people named Sarah Connor. So Sarah goes and finds a phone book (laughs) drink. (laughs) And she sees that she's the only remaining Sarah Connor in L.A. And it's about this time that she notices she's being followed by Michael Bean and his Mr. Bean. That's right. So she ducks into a club called Tech Noir, where she calls the police to try to get some kind of protection. It's a good move. And I'm a little surprised she didn't have to find it in a phone book how to dial 911. (laughs) I love that the first phone book she picks up is just conveniently underneath a phone that is out of order. Not the book's fault that the phone's broken. I like that the sign is flipped, though, so it's like a reveal, like, oh, this phone doesn't work. (laughs) You're going to have to go to a secondary location. Imagine the Matrix trying to escape on that thing. That would be drama. (laughs) That would. Uh, Agent Smith is running right at me. Out of order. Mr. Wizard, get me another one. This phone is out of order. (laughs) While all of this is happening, Arnold shows up at Sarah's apartment and just straight up murders Ginger and Matt. And it's a crazy scene. With all the intercutting that's going on here, because you have Ginger who loves putting on her headphones. Oh, yeah. And just she's dancing because the Jamming 80s. out. But then you have Matt who's sleeping in the most pathetic pair of underwear I've ever seen. <laughs> but he tries to fight this giant Arnold Schwarzenegger. I love that Arnold Schwarzenegger comes through a wall and he's like, I'll fight you, man. No, you won't. It's a terrible idea. Terrible idea. But it's very cool the way they do it because you have the fight going on in the bedroom. You have Ginger making a snack, listening to her headphones, and it just keeps going back and forth. And I love this type of stuff. I love it. I love it. I love it. Because you have the character outside doesn't understand what's happening inside with the fight. You kind of build in stakes via editing, and it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy that. It is. And we're going to get there with editing. There's a lot of master strokes that James Cameron's about to pull off. Yeah. He's a very good filmmaker, if you haven't heard. You know, the name sounds familiar, so I feel like maybe I've seen something he's done, but- Ah, you're on the Jimmy Cab! (laughs) The Jimmy Cam. Why does that sound like a bad reality show? Yes, that's pretty much what it is. I, I think we've compared it to like sports talk radio at a point. I'm pretty sure we've done that. Yeah, that sounds about right. So after he kills Matt, Arnold goes into the hallway and he just shoots Ginger like so many times. It's a lot. Like she's not even dead. She's super dead. She's like, I'm scared. I'm going to run. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> it keeps going too. It's amazing. And then he's like, All right, I'm going to hang out for a second because the phone's ringing and somebody's leaving a message on the answering machine. How convenient. Time travel is not at hand in this scene. No, no, no. no no. explanation. 
for the convenience. He hears Sarah leave a message telling Ginger and Matt to come pick her up at Technoir, giving her exact, <laughs> exact location, location because the police are, are not answering or they're transferring her around. She can't get a hold of anybody. So she's like, you guys need to come pick Nine, her up. 911. Problem solved. I think they put her on hold. I don't think that's how 911 works. They transferred her to another department. Like fire? I don't know. Are you suggesting that fire is a department of the police? No, the <laughs> fire department. That's what it's called. It is, but when you dial 911. You're just getting emergency response. Okay. You call, call 911 for a fire, too. Yeah, you do, but it goes to the, the police dispatch. It sure does. It's not like it's one of those, like, 911, and then your phone starts going, Hey, <laughs> smoke, I'm going to go to that 911. <laughs> this isn't my theory. It's the next line of the movie. Fair enough. Because <laughs> she finally gets a hold of the police, and she's like, Hey, don't put me on hold. Don't transfer me to another department. I need to talk to somebody now. I'm Sarah Connor, and I think there's somebody following me. And they're like, we'll be right there. Don't go to the bathroom. This whole next scene's insane. <laughs> it sure is. And I might just keep repeating that. Well, the whole movie's insane, but it's in the true. best way. While Sarah is waiting at Technoir for the police to show up, Arnold arrives, and Michael Bean is also just chilling at the bar. <laughs> like, just... Away, Just watching Sarah Connor out. from a distance. Arnold makes his way through the crowd, and he eventually spots her. And he pulls out a gun. And as he's pulling out his gun, Michael Bean's pulling out his gun. And I'm saying it this way, long and drawn out, because this is the slowest motion of all slow motions that's ever slow motioned. And it's also cut in a way that it just keeps dragging it out. And it's, it's ramping up the tension, like, oh, oh are we going to kill one of the main characters in the first... 20 minutes of the movie? Are we going to do it? We're not. We're not. We're definitely not. Because Arnold gets blasted by Michael Bean, and the crowd obviously freaks out and scatters, and then Arnold just kind of stands up and starts shooting everyone in the joint. It's not what you want. Bean fires at Arnold a few more times with a shotgun while he's getting back up. Bean tells Sarah, come with me if you want to live. And I forgot that this line was first delivered by Michael Bean. Yeah, um, Kyle Reese, I feel like in cinematic lore, is a tough guy. <laughs> And People then you want to remember him that way. It's just, when he opens his mouth, you go, maybe not. We also don't know his name is Kyle Reese yet. You're right, but still, it's complicated calling him Mr. Bean the whole time. Sure is, but in a few scenes, we'll get to start calling him by his name. Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> Yoda? Come. Come. So they run. Arnold chases them. They get in a car. Arnold jumps on the hood, punches through the windshield, and then gets thrown from said car. Then the cops show up. Arnold steals a cop car. <laughs> yes, he does. These consecutive scenes are absolutely bonkers. And now I have an actual IMDb trivia fact. Okay, way to break the tension. Arnold Schwarzenegger had his eyebrows insured at Lloyd's of London as he feared that they might not grow back properly after he shaved them for the scene where he runs over a car on fire in the alley after the Tech Noir shootout. That sounds caped. It sounds caped. I believe he actually insured his eyebrows, though. Are you familiar with a Brazilian? <laughs> now what I did is I took my eyebrows and I put them downstairs. Now we call that an Austrian. So whenever you look at my muscular child, it looks like it's smiling. And I can raise the eyebrows with my abdominal lifts. I don't know who the rock is, but I invented the people's eyebrow. It's right over my musculature. Whoop, see, it's surprised. <laughs> but only one side. <laughs> 
He's got that amount of control. <laughs> That's why it's called the musculature. Oh, man. I also have what I suspect is a caped IMDb trivia fact. Fire away. James Cameron has stated that his original vision of this film involved blue cats that tied their hair together while guarding a tree. He scrapped the idea by saying, I bet that idea would break box office records, but no one will remember anything about it. Completely true. Also. Every word. Let me ask you a quick question, Brian, because we've yeah. talked about that movie. We sure Avatar. have. What is the name of the lead character? I have zero idea. <laughs> right. Holy shit. Yeah, or the about actor that movie who plays stuck. him. How about that? I, I could not even. He's the guy who was in Avatar. <laughs> That's it. Is his name Chris something? I feel like I'm making Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington. See, I was close. He was supposed to be like one of the next big things, and then he ended up just being Sam Worthington. So next time you go to a, the restaurant, make sure you tip Sam Worthington very well after he brings you your, your <laughs> steak meal. Yeah, I employed him at my Planet Hollywood. <laughs> I threw him a bone. Can you imagine if Arnold, like, punked Sam Worthington into working at a Planet Hollywood today. <laughs> like, Sam Worthington's just, like, serving just mannequins. He has no idea. <laughs> oh, man. All of these patrons have the same amount of range that I do with acting. <laughs> you know how Planet Hollywood has all of, the, like, the memorabilia from movies put around the restaurant? Yeah. They just actually have Sam Worthington standing in the corner. <laughs> standing there. Like it's a zoo exhibit. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow. Is that like a wax sculpture of Sam Worthington? No, it's him. Oh, okay. Yamil's going to be on us if you can guess what movie he's from and tell me the plot. <laughs> or his <Also>. character name. <laughs> character name will get me every time. Fun fact. He's supposed to be in four more movies that they're making. <laughs> oh, my God. In the next, like, five years, they're making more avatars like everybody was asking for. I feel like if they did like a man versus food at that Planet Hollywood, not a Richmond walks in, <laughs> you would just go, nope, don't know. And it's leave <laughs> right away. Like, I'm glad enough to eat anything. This is great, but no, I have no clue. That's, that's the hardest food challenge I've had to do yet. <laughs> so while they're being chased by the police, Michael Bean casually introduces himself as Reese. Just Reese, like Madonna. Right. That'll come back later. I'm just planting a seed. And we'll get to seed planting later also. <laughs> we sure will. How about that for a future segue? That's pretty good. Told it tonight. Tonight. <laughs> which, which actually, I think that is tomorrow night, based on time passage in the movie. I think you're right. But anyway, Michael Bean, Reese, he's assigned to protect Sarah Connor, who's been marked for termination. He explains that Arnold is a cyborg, not a robot. He's a T-800 Cyberdyne Systems Model 101 Terminator Infiltration Unit. Hold on. Chasing stuff. Right. He pauses. You gotta fill it somehow. The exposition. Because like, hold on, I gotta drive for a second. Just here and now, it's like, nobody gonna do my car, I'm gonna do. He's a cybernetic. Let me just turn the radio. He's a cybernetic <laughs> robot. Will you? Please turn on Deep Purple. I don't give a fuck about the robot man. <laughs> Not a robot. Not a it's robot. A cyborg. <laughs> Very important distinction to make. That kind of technology doesn't exist. Not now, but in 40 years it will. You're from the future? The future's not tonight, because that was last night now. Last night was tonight. This is, so this technically is this is the Tomorrow future. night. We're in the future? We're living it right now? So back to the exposition. <laughs> These cyborgs are better disguised than the previous units. 
that had rubber skin. These ones have actual skin and organs, and they appear to be human. That's why he couldn't just, you know, take out the Arnold Schwarzenegger because he didn't know that it was actually the T eight hundred until it started shooting at Sarah. What if it was just an Austrian terrorist? Could have just been an Austrian terrorist. In which case, the first time he shot him would have died probably. Arnold's very ripped. I have to imagine if he flexed at the right time, he could have like deflected bullets. Deflect bullets. I like that theory. The police have a different theory. We'll get there. We absolutely will. Reese tells Sarah that he's from a possible future, not the future. And she's like, yeah, of course, that makes sense. And then she immediately tries to get away because this man's insane. He is insane. Instead, he grabs her and yells at her. And he's like, hey, that thing's going to keep coming after you forever. So let me help you. And she's like, all right, I don't want to get away anymore. It's a pretty quick turn. (laughs) It is immediate. Sarah wants to know what's so important about her that Reese was sent back to save her. So he goes into the backstory of the Robot Rebellion, your usual machine uprising story where the computers realize that humans are the worst thing ever and they vow to eliminate them. Sure. Standard issue, Robot Rising. But in the flash forward scene where you see the future war, looks pretty great. (laughs) Sure does. This is a very, very dark movie in the sense that it's filmed mostly at night and mostly on location. And that is by design because it's just cheaper to do. And there's a lot of stolen shots in this movie. There are so many stolen shots, it's ridiculous. But whenever you see the future stuff and you see the lasers, James Cameron pulls off a bit of a magic trick with this movie. And let's not forget that this is James Cameron's first, I'm going to say, real movie because he did a short called Xenogenesis before this. Of course. And then, of course, he did Piranha 2, the spawning before this. Oh, Piranha 2. So then he dove right into the Terminator. But the budget for this movie is not big. It's nothing. $6.4 million. So yeah, he had to go around stealing shots. And it's kind of where he developed his theory of filmmaking for the time. Because obviously, when he gets to Titanic and he gets to Avatar, (laughs) he throws it out the window. I have a theory and it's gone. But his theory is, is that you can't use special effects as the movie. It has to help the movie along. Whenever you have a moment that you can use special effects, you've got to put everything you got into it to make it stick in your head. That's why with like T2, how you have the, was it T1000, is it? Yeah. Whatever it is. Uh, With the liquid metal. incredibly iconic because, yeah, yeah, they put all the money that they could into that character in order to make it do the things that it did. They didn't abuse it too much, but whenever it's on screen, it is memorable. With this, whenever you see any of the special effects, it has to stick in your head. It has to, because there's just not enough money to go around to just kind of be its own fluffer, if you will. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And there are some special effects in this movie that stick out, and we will get there shortly. We are going to get there really, really shortly. But look at the future stuff. It looks great for no budget. Absolutely. Reese goes on to explain that a small number of humans were kept alive to work on disposing the remains of- Oh, God, I forgot we were still doing this. The exposition is just, there's so much. There's so much in between chase moments. We're still in a chase scene, but like we're. <laughs> we are in media. There's no action happening. Chase. We're just kind of driving right now. But yeah, a small number of humans were kept alive to work on disposing the remains of other humans because I guess they didn't have a robot for that specific task. I guess so. Wally the human disposal robot. <laughs> <laughs> the eventual human <laughs> resistance was born from one man, John Connor. Sarah's future son, who would train the humans to fight back against the machines, and that's why she's so important. And let's just throw science out the window, just briefly. Silence and odds, 
and anatomy and any of this. Just Art. throw it out the window because, oh, oh boy, if you think about it, you're going to aneurysm and die. That's true. We're just talking about possible futures, Dave. <laughs> Again, that makes it more complicated when you put it that way. We'll get there. Anyway, Reese and Sarah move to a different car, which totally tricks the cops, but not the Terminator. So now it's time for another chase scene, immediately following the last chase scene. And this one's mostly just two dudes shooting shotguns out windows at each other until the Terminator crashes into a wall and the cops surround Sarah and Reese. And then they look back at the car the Terminator crashed and he's not there, but the door is all closed. It's like he got away from the scene. He's like, let me just close this up so nobody steals the cop's valuables Fascinating. or whatever he Ooh, left. He's in not there. even here. Well, let's not worry about that right now. They bring Sarah and Reese in for questioning and they tell Sarah that Ginger and Matt are dead. And she's like, do I have to identify the bodies? They're like, no, nah, we got that. Don't worry. But we want you to talk to our criminal psychologist about all the things that Reese told you. And this criminal psychologist might as well be Dante from Clerks. He's not even supposed to be there today. But he talks to Sarah, and then he goes and he talks to Reese. And he obviously clocks him as crazy, but he's super impressed with the depth of Reese's backstory. He's not listening to this guy at all. But he's Because like, it is crazy he's like, talk. He's got, an, he's got an answer for every question I ask him. I could sell this. This is amazing. I have to imagine that violates some sort of ethical Probably, code. yeah. I a have crazy to person was babbling on about being from the future, and now I'm going to sell a screenplay. But, like, he's crazy, so he won't know. He'll have no idea. During this info dump, Reese reveals that he has no way of going back to the future, and his mission is to protect Sarah, and it's a one-way trip. All right. Cool stakes. Yep. You kind of just took him out of the game. Meanwhile, the Terminator performs surgery on himself. And this scene is incredible. This scene is wild. James Cameron, he kind of needed his own teller in order to pull this off. He's the pen in the situation. Because <laughs> he called in Stan fucking Winston Stan in order to pull Winston. this off. And the way that this is cut is so smart because you have Arnold come over to like just a table in this room. That yeah, I don't know. I don't know where he is at this point. He's just got a room. He came in through the bedroom window. Maybe he's got like a, com a suburban commando situation worked out. You see Arnold put his arm on the table, and then the camera cuts away to an X-Acto knife. And when it comes back, you see him cut into his own arm. He does surgery on himself. You see all the gears and pistons and stuff in his arm as he's messing yeah. around with that. It is so smart because they got Arnold to sit down, move his own fingers before they did the cutaway, and there's actually someone underneath the table who is the puppet hand. So good. Whereas they have Arnold's arm dropped out of scene and they have a, a puppet arm coming in from behind him as well that has all the gears and pieces. Like, that is so smart the way it's it done. And it's such a good looking prosthetic, too. It is, especially for what we're about to see. <laughs> because, yeah, because now we're going to cut to him removing his damaged eyeball and this face not as believable as the arm. It's not. And we see the Arnold face later in the movie and it looks good. But here they just went. But here. Make a Muppet head of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, everyone's going to believe it. This movie was never intended to be in HD. No, no, no. <laughs> I was watching on Blu-ray, and it's like, hey, that's a rubber Arnold mask. This is the Jimmy Cam talking. Is it possible we can get that Zapruder feller to come here and film this scene for us? You know how sometimes in procedural dramas they have that enhance feature? They're not going to have that for real anytime soon, are they? Because this is not going to look good. Doesn't matter. They don't have it tonight. And that's where Jimmy Cam lives. And tonight. that's where the action is happening. Tonight. Which is tomorrow or yesterday, I think. To 
right. When he pulls the eyeball from the from the Arnold face, which is not his Arnold face, it reveals a glowing <laughs> red cybernetic eye, which he then covers with some sweet gargoyle sunglasses. Yeah! I think the craziest part about the Arnold face, this doll that is Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> is that I feel like the person who designed it also designed the puppet of Matt Damon in Team America. Yes. They just fucked up so hard. They're just like, yeah, we're good enough. I, we're I here. We'll lean into it. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> it wouldn't even be like that. <laughs> oh, God. It's horrible. It's the worst. It's the worst thing in this movie. But I think that's not even a hot take. It's just everyone agrees that, like, yeah, everyone is like, the times they are changing. It looks terrible, but it's fun still. I mean, it like, is still fun. It's a, it's a pretty good job for 84 and no budget. The police believe that the Terminator is wearing a bulletproof vest and is high on PCP. It makes sense. That's the running theory at the police station. <laughs> the best they got. Yeah, you know, you can get shot if you're wearing one of these, and you can probably punch through a windshield and not feel pain if you're high on PCP. Case closed. The Terminator, brought to you by Nike and PCP. <laughs> Maybe that's what was inside the shoe that like, you had to pump up. Oh, yeah. Uh, the tongue, like, but it was just PCP <laughs> getting injected into you. Different uh, athletics competitions. It was the early 90s, before drug testing mattered. Yeah, we got the we got the the pump sneakers, but they're filled with PCP. Stupid Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa had to blow Nike spot up with their PCP shoes. The police are gonna hold Sarah in protective custody, but like not even five minutes later, the Terminator arrives at the police station. <laughs> it's barely protective custody because <laughs> Paul Winfield cop man says, "Lay on this couch," and she goes. I don't want it. He goes, it's comfy. And she goes, it's okay. It's surprisingly comfy. <laughs> he says, there's 30 cops here. And then he just leaves. <laughs> I feel safe. Oh, man. Oh, you're saying there's cops at the police station? Whoa. I thought I called the fire department. <laughs> this movie, man, it's so good. So the Terminator shows up at the police station. He's like, I'm here to see Sarah Connor. And they're like, no, bud. And he's like, I'll be back. He said the line. He said the thing. And now I have some caped and some, some other trivia for you. Oh, goody. All right. I'm going to start with what I think is the caped trivia this time. Okay. The T-800 Terminator is a polite Terminator. When the T-800 says, I'll be back, it comes back. Unlike Janet, Janet is a manipulative <laughs> robot who teases and breaks hearts while consisting on a diet of empty promises and creating mountains of credit card debt. Janet says, I'll be back, but never comes back. Damn it, Janet. I somehow got a Rocky Horror reference into the IMDb trivia facts of the Terminator from 1984. Makes me so happy. I can't believe they approved that. It's insane. I read that and I said, thank you, Dave. Thank you. If I had a hat right now, I'd tip it. You know who else probably owns hats? The person in this next IMDb trivia fact. <laughs> okay. This is a real IMDb trivia fact All right. based on real-life events. Oh, jeez. O.J. Simpson was considered oh, for no. the Terminator, but the producers <laughs> feared he was, quote, too nice to be taken seriously as a cold-blooded killer. That's fantastic, and I love it so much if i could adopt that i'd be trivia fact i would adopt that <laughs> and raise it as your own that is amazing yeah apparently oj was almost cast as the terminator but people were like nah nobody would buy him as a killer wow 
having that tidbit of knowledge, just my life is made. I feel like I'm done. Like, where do I go from here in life? The juice wasn't the Terminator because they thought he was too nice? So they got the maid fucker instead. In 1990, before OJ's trial, Dark Horse actually printed a comic that used OJ's likeness for the Terminator. Oh my god! So, there you go. Is that still out there? I hope so. Wow. Good luck hunting that down. 90s Terminator comic that has OJ Simpson in it. That's worth a Google later, for sure. So the Terminator promised he'd be back. And then he comes back. He drives a car into the police station and unloads on 30 cops while searching for Sarah. These cops can't stop him either. They keep trying, and they keep using the same form of go get him, of <laughs> hey. let me fire at him. And guess how many times it works? Not any. <laughs> Never. Never, ever. Run around the corner with your coffee and see if that gets him. It do- doesn't work. In the mayhem, Reese manages to escape custody and find Sarah. And the two of them escape the police station and hide out under a bridge or something like Dennis the Menace. <laughs> if Christopher Lloyd were in this movie. <laughs> uh, the time travel would make more sense. Excuse me, Officer Marty! I'm looking for Sarah Connor! Sarah's cold. So Kyle Reese, that's his first name we find out right now, because she asks him, Hey, what's your first name? Just instinctively knowing that Reese was his last name when he introduced himself earlier as Reese. It's a ballsy move, I guess. She's like, I don't even know your first name. He should have been like, actually, my name is Reese. My last name is Kyle. (laughs) It could go either way. He's got two first names. It's a very confusing situation for somebody who only knows one of them. As someone who has two first names, I get it. (laughs) Be like if you introduced yourself as Michael, which you wouldn't because that's not the name, but... And then people were like, wait, I don't even know your first name. I just gave it to you. Or did I? Or did I? Could have. I'll potentially. Give you, I'll give you my real name tonight. Wink. <gasps> that could be any time. Uh-huh. I it's figured out this movie. Jimmy Cam. <laughs> so Kyle sits next to Sarah because she's cold and he tries to keep her warm and they make casual time travel small talk. As you do. They talk about her future son and his mysterious father. I'm going to give you the opportunity here if you were feeling Favreau-ish. You don't have to. I'm leaving an opening. Uh, this table will not survive how hard I want a Favreau <laughs> salute right now. <laughs> when Sarah asks why Reese came back, he explains he jumped at the chance to come back and meet the legend. Ooh. And then he has another flashback to the future. He's in some kind of hidden refugee camp, and he has a picture of Sarah from the past, which is the future of tonight right anyway a terminator shows up and starts wasting all these refugees and reese loses the picture in a fire and he's like ah i love that picture and we snap back to the present which is the past which is tonight i'm still hung up on that oj simpson thing (laughs) (laughs) i am so distracted (laughs) the terminator i guess he's like rented a room and he's just hanging out. And Do you accept Visa? <laughs> Fuck you, asshole. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. That's a learn he line from Bill Paxton. Yep. Earlier in the movie. That's right. But he's going through some of Sarah's personal belongings, and he finds out that her mother has a cabin in Big Bear. That, that's it. That's the scene. Oh, good. Reese and Sarah rent a room at the Tiki Motel, where Reese starts teaching Sarah how to build homemade explosives. It's the weirdest 
four play ever. <laughs> so great. While he's out getting supplies before they start doing that, though. Yeah, yeah. Sarah calls her mother and tells her where she's staying, even though Reese's Why like, does hey, she keep doing this? Don't do that. And it's not really her mother on the other end of the line. It's the Terminator talking like a lady. And that makes me ask so many questions because the Terminator is able to mimic other people's voices. Yeah. But his default setting is barely English. <laughs> he's learning the language, right? Because he's a, a, a robot man. He could just mimic literally anyone else, but it's, instead he decides to talk like these. They should have Bill Paxton deliver all of his lines for the entire movie. I cannot believe I'm going to say this. Better movie. <laughs> Different. <laughs> Especially if he's like punk Bill Paxton the whole movie. Oh, he's so, so good. Missed opportunity Jimmy Cam. I had propensity to talk like this. And then we de- we decided through the, st- the storytelling that I don't have to talk like this, but I still do. It's a ridiculous choice when you think about it. Sarah and Reese finish building their bombs. And Sarah's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm really the mother of mankind's only hope. You must be really disappointed. And that's when Reese is like, I carry a picture of you. Or I did before it burnt up in that fire in the future. <laughs> Your son John gave it to me, and I, I studied that picture, and I fell in love with the woman in that photo. So obviously they're going to they're gonna do it now. They are going to do it. To some real cheesy piano music. And did John Connor kind of pimp out his own mom in the past? It sounds like it. I mean, we haven't really established yet other than that really heavy-handed moment that that this is a a father situation, but... Either way, he's going into the past to protect his mom, and while you're there, go do my mom. Right. I guess. Have a good time. It seems like these two were bros, too, so, like, is he just helping his virgin friend out? I don't know. Hey, man, you know what you should do? Go back to the past, rail my mom. (laughs) 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 What is happening? I'll tell you what, when you go back to the past, it's going to be tonight. If you can get her to, to two tonights, you get to do my mom. That's the plan. You said two tonights? I could do two tonights. All two right. tonights. That's two a, tonights. That's just like, that's just tonight twice, right? That's tonight and then another tonight, and then I get to do your mom. What do I do during the today? There's not going to be a today? Okay. You're going to get a, br- a brief scene of daylight in between the two tonights. <laughs> right. But it'll be over before you know it. Uh, if it's a today, just go under a bridge. This movie, man. This movie, man. <laughs> <laughs> so as Sarah and Reese are getting dressed, they hear the sound of barking dogs, which obviously means that the Terminator has found them. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's just like they say, and it's a wonderful life. Every time a dog barks, a Terminator is here. It's kind of like whenever you go to the airport and they want to get you through security a little bit quicker so they have the, the Terminator sniffing dog yeah. there to make sure there's no Terminators getting on your flight. Right. That's pretty much what happens here. I had a Terminator right in front of me one day walking through security and the dogs came and got the Terminator and I was like, this is intense. Now, hold on a second, Brian. Yeah. You are aware. They're drug sniffing dogs. This is a joke. Did you really have that situation? Oh yeah, that absolutely happened in the Atlanta airport. There, The guy literally right in front of me. You got a Busted? We were walking up to security, and they were like, actually, we're just going to have the dogs run through today. 
And this guy is just like, his gait changes a little bit, but he just he keeps walking. He starts and the dumping sweat know, like a high school senior about trying to make weight for his wrestling match. Yeah, but then these dogs start like coming up the row, and I start getting nervous because I'm like, why are these dogs getting so close to me? I don't have any <laughs> drugs on me. This is crazy. And then they pass me, luckily. And then like they just start like jumping up at his bag like he's got a toy in it or something. And it was it was wild. Then they throw a hood over him, and he was never seen again. But he did, as he was being dragged away, he said, I'll be back. Oh, no, it was a Terminator dog. It was a Terminator the whole Son time. Son of a bitch. Yeah. The, the, real, the real flight was the Terminators we met along the way. <laughs> That's right. TSA, Terminator Security Agency. That's true. That's exactly what it stands for. It always has. So they know a Terminator's there because they heard the, the barking dogs. Right. So they flee in a truck, and then the Terminator... Because it is the Terminator. This, they were right about the dog theory this time. He chases him down on a motorcycle because what we needed was another chase scene. Oh, yeah. This whole movie is just a long chase scene. It's so many chase scenes. They go through a tunnel, and then Reese just starts hurling pipe bombs at him, but he just can't figure out the timing. He's an idiot. He's so bad at it. He's like, hold it, hold it. Okay, go. Missed again. Not great. And then he totally gets shot. Yeah, that's also not great. Not great. So Sarah, who's driving a truck, decides, hey, I know what I can do. I can ram this motorcycle. It's the right move. It's very smart, but she does it very poorly and ends up flipping the truck as she takes out the Terminator. It's because she doesn't so much hit the motorcycle as she does guide it into, like, the curb. Yeah, sometimes you're, like, going over a bridge, and you're like, I gotta take out this motorcycle, but while I'm at it, I'm gonna flip up on the roof. <laughs> car. It's a lot like in Shaun of the Dead when he crashes the Jag. Yeah. Like, how did you manage to do that? So the Terminator gets run over by a tanker truck, but he grabs it from underneath, obviously. And then, of course, the driver gets out to check what's going on. It's like, oh, I just think I ran over that man. After he has the longest stop of all time. Well, I mean, it's very heavy machinery. It takes a while to use those brakes. The brakes are locked up. Those tires are knuckleballing across the road. They're not spinning at all, and it still takes forever to stop. Yeah, that's why you don't cut off big trucks. Especially when they got Terminators underneath. Especially when they got Terminators underneath. He's probably messing with the axles too much. That's why it took so long to slow down. Use the air brake, man. And if your Cocker Spaniel's in the car with you, and he starts barking his head off after that truck stops, you get the fuck out of there. Yeah, because that means there's drugs. I mean, Terminators Terminators nearby. nearby. That's the only reason dogs bark. My state's going to get really confusing soon once they legalize Terminators. <laughs> <laughs> my state has, ter- has legalized Terminators, but you still can't buy them. I was going to say, my Terminators are legal in my state. Just retail is like just about to open up, and there's going to be Terminator stores everywhere. Be able to go anywhere and get a Terminator. Whenever I drive to Massachusetts, the amount of Terminator stores is <laughs> almost overwhelming. And all the billboards just have Terminators all over them. Even in Connecticut. You're like 40 miles away from Massachusetts. Like, hey, you're 40 miles away from Terminators. Come on over. <laughs> hey, why don't you come up here and get some Terminators? Have a real good time. These really should just federally legalize Terminators at this point. Like, it's just ridiculous that they haven't. It really is. We don't take a lot of political stances, but we are very pro-Terminator. <laughs> legalize cybernetic humanoids, in- infiltration units, <laughs> etc. cetera. <laughs> The way he describes it is so long. It's the longest. We'll get there. (laughs) So the driver gets out to check on the Terminator. And then the Terminator kills the driver. 
And then he gets into the truck and he turns to the passengers like, get out. That's so polite of him, though. It really, he could have killed that guy, too. He's been known to do exactly that. Go and tell my tale. <laughs> One, all of your friends. My trucker friends? I can't. They're busy complaining <laughs> about gas prices, but driving circles in protest? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Dylan, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Wrong movie. My bad. <laughs> That would be a hell of a crossover right now. So now he's going to start driving this tanker and trying to run over Sarah, who is struggling to help the injured Reese. Because again, he was shot, and then he was also in a car accident because of Sarah's driving. Yeah, got doubled down on. It's, it's not great. It's not great. He manages to sneak a pipe bomb into the exhaust of the tanker truck and then jump into a dumpster, as you do. Sure. He's in the dumpster already. And then the tanker blows up and the Terminator falls to the ground, fully engulfed in flames. And we're like, yay, we got him. Sarah goes to help Reese, rejoicing in their victory. And then the Terminator emerges from the rubble, but now it's synthetic human flesh is completely burnt away. And he's just the metal cyborg endoskeleton. And it looks awesome. It's so badass. It's so good. It really is when he pops up too. And you're like, you know, he's going to pop up. But when he pops up, it's just even better than you thought it's it would be. even better. Yeah, they give you that little bit of movement, and you're like, oh, he's not dead. And then they show him, and you're like, oh, my God, he's awesome. Yeah, he is. So the Terminator continues to chase Sarah and Reese on foot into a hydraulics facility. Sure. Where Reese decides, like, hey, we got to put a stop to this. I came back one-way trip. Here we go. He sacrifices himself to help Sarah get away by sticking one last pipe bomb right into the Terminator's torso. And then he dives headfirst down, like, ladder stairs. Ladder stairs. Like, I guess that's how you're going to get out. Like, it wasn't pipe bomb that killed him. It was broken <laughs> neck from diving down a set of ladder stairs that killed the beast. <laughs> I don't know, man. I survived blowing up a Terminator, but it was the indoor spelunking that got me. What a stupid move. The Terminator's blown apart, but his upper torso is still operational, so he's just dragging himself after Sarah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm not giving up. I'm going to kill her, no matter what it takes. Unrelenting. That's what he is. A hundred percent. He's just, I have my mission. I'm going to get her. And she's also suffered an injury now because of the stupid explosion. She got a piece of shrapnel in her leg. In her leg. And then she decides to pull it out. Anytime you rip shrapnel out of your leg, you're going to have a limp. Naturally. You're going to have a hard time moving. So now she's crawling away with the Terminator crawling after her. And then she's just crawling through a series of machines until she traps him behind this metal slide gate. And then she goes over, she presses a button, and it activates a 1,000-ton hydraulic press. That's got to be good enough, right? Yeah, you would certainly hope so. The Terminator is crushed, and Sarah escapes. Yahoo, we did it! She survived. Yay! Yay. <laughs> the future can happen now, I think. One possible future might be able to happen. Right. It's literally a one in a billion shot <laughs> happening. We're yeah. We'll it's see. Dr. Strange odds, for sure. <laughs> Some time passes. Sarah is now several months pregnant. Turns out Kyle Reese is a one and done kind of guy. Yeah, it's his baby. In their night of corny scored passion, they conceived John Connor. So John Connor sent his John dad Connor. back into the past. Yep. To boink his mom. To boink his mom to create him. Him. 
What? Well, this is probably a Cape Dying to be trivia fact. I guarantee it is. Film scholars have debated if Marty McFly <laughs> could have been his own father due to the laws of time travel established in this film. Exactly. Marty McFly might be his own father. Who knows? But uh, John Connor, how does this work? He's creating like an infinite loop of himself, sort of. He's yeah. like, I'm, I exist. Let me go risk not existing real fast. I feel <laughs> As like- As if the robot war wasn't enough of a thrill. Let me go send a guy- with a picture of my mom back to the past to see if I'll exist again. I mean, I feel like he knows he's going to exist because he, he does that. We're talking singular loop time travel here. But then you have to think that Kyle is just to keep going back. We're just, oh, but he's yeah. not in the future now. Well, he's already served his purpose in the future, and he will be born again in the new future. Oh, dear. In order to serve the purpose of going back in time and being the, the main guy's daddy again. Um... So it's a paradox for sure. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's not even like a deep paradox. Like it is just like. It's one of the main ones. <laughs> basic level paradox. Like, it's like the Willie Nelson song. I'm, I'm my, my own, own grandpa. grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> but you barely have to dig deep into this one to find the paradox. And usually at least with like Back to the Future, there's certain established rules that, yeah, you could kind of talk your way out of them in order to get over the plot hole that's created here. But this one is enormous. I don't think it's a plot hole. I just think it's paradoxical logic. And I think that's fine to exist in this universe. Of tonight. Time is an endless loop tonight. Fair enough. When you put it that way, fine. I'm just going to follow up that Capes trivia with an actual IMDb trivia fact. The body bag that Reese has put in at the end of the film is actually a suit bag owned by director James Cameron. Because once again, reshoots, stolen shots, and just doing what you need to to get the movie done. Whatever works. Sarah's recording messages that she will later give on to her son when he's older. She stops at a gas station in Mexico where a little boy takes a photograph of her. And it's the very same picture that Kyle Reese carries in the future. That he loves so much. Just her sitting in a Jeep. It's just her. Looking confused that a little Mexican child's taking a picture of her. Contemplating the death of the man who carries said photo. And she only records this message to John Connor while she's driving. Yeah. And I like that she's like... I don't even know if I'm going to give you this recording. I'm just recording it for myself. And maybe you someday. Yeah, probably you someday. It's like she invented podcasting. She She's goes just through the whole range. Recording something for an audience of one. <laughs> uh, that one hurt a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we love all of you ones. We, we love you. <laughs> Tonight. Tonight. Now I have the smashing pumpkin stuck in my head. That's unfortunate. <laughs> Sarah drives off into the distance in her Jeep, and there's a storm coming. And that storm is the credits. It is. Because that is the Terminator from 1984, directed by the Jimmy Cam. Jimmy Cam. This movie's terrific. It's so good. It's a little confusing if you put any thought into it, but... Sure, but it almost movie like, is. It like almost talks you out of its own plot holes, briefly. It makes it at least plausible that this could yeah. sort of happen. Kyle Reese world. has to go back to the past in order to be John Connor's father. Right. Which is wild because John Connor's the one who sent him. It's, it's a whole thing. Don't put a lot of thought into it. Just enjoy the ride. John Connor sends him back because he has the information from the tapes from his mom. Right. It's all Just connected. A loop, man. That's it. That's all it is. An endless loop that happens tonight. Let's just dive right into what other people thought about this thing. Rotten yeah. Tomatoes, 1-100. 90. 
No. And this might be the first time we've ever had this on this show. Oh? Because this is a 100%. What? Out of I 60 thought I went high five with reviews. 100%. A hundo. A cool Good for hundo. you, Jimmy Kim. Audience scores 89%. Roger Ebert did see this movie, and he talked about it on At the Movies with Gene Siskel. Oh, Siskel and Ebert? They showed the bar scene, and they showed the I'll Be Back scene, and Ebert called it a cross between Dirty Harry and the Road Warrior meets the killer from Halloween. Surprisingly not a bad description, actually. It's not, and his next line that he said was, this is a surprising movie. It's violent, it's bloody, it's sadistic, but is also well acted and directed. It really is. He says that it takes the idea of time travel and makes it sort of bittersweet. Yeah. There's like a romanticism to it. There is because they go on to talk about the love story of it. And Siskel says he didn't like the movie. He says, as an action picture, it's not well made, but the love story is kind of nice. And to that, I say, there's a reason we don't talk about Gene Siskel that often. It's true. (laughs) The ghost of Siskel doesn't haunt our podcast studio. (laughs) It does not. (laughs) Different show. Do you want to hear what the Terminators on Letterboxd had to say about this? Absolutely. From August 24th, 2018, how can something be so fun yet so boring at the same time? (laughs) Yeah, okay. The most accurate description of this movie, right there. It's pretty good. From June 6th, 2021, James Cameron writes dialogue as if he's never talked to another human being in his entire life. I would... Counter that and say the only human being he's talked to his entire life is Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) Also possible likely right there. From July 2nd, 2021, hate to be the one to call out plagiarism, but they totally stole that intro sequence from Stranger Things. (laughs) That's good. And that's what I appreciate about you, Letterboxd. (laughs) (laughs) From April 20th, 2017, what happens to the iguana? That's the biggest plot hole of the movie. It really, really is. It's just not mentioned ever again. And she just goes to Mexico. And you got to imagine that the iguana is sitting there going like, anybody? No? I would have thrived in that climate. If this were the MCU, that's your post-credit. Oh, absolutely. It's like just the iguana just watching like Ricky Lake or something like that. Because 1984, <laughs> was that a thing in 84? I don't know. No I have clue. no clue. From October 26, 2019. I work at a cinema, and a guy came in to buy tickets for a showing of Terminator Dark Fate on later in the day. I handed him his ticket, and just before he left, he said to me, I'll be back. And I can't (laughs) stop thinking about it. (laughs) That is really good. That's the only reason to go to the movie theater to buy your ticket in person early. It's perfect. He knew his audience, and it worked. So good. That would have landed 100% with me. And the last one I have is from September 15th, 2019. Good, but it's no Rocky. <laughs> what a weird comparison <laughs> to make. I don't know where they get any of this stuff from. These people are wild. How about we give this thing a super stuff score? Let's do it. Start off with story and motivation. It's got just as many holes as a Shia LaBeouf movie. Uh, does it? <laughs> At the end, it does. I do don't think about I it. Still, I still don't think it's a hole. It's a paradox, yes, but it, that doesn't make it a plot hole. Now, what happens when they go forward again? Like, you're saying that Kyle Reese is going to be born again somehow. How? Well, John Connor's going to be born again, so why wouldn't Kyle Reese be born again? Because Kyle Reese put the John Connor into his mom, which, 
a, yeah. a sperm on a needle head or whatever is like a, a billion to one shot to start. And you got to sure. figure, it's like, are you Sarah Connor? Has Aunt Irma come to visit you this month yet? Am I too late? <laughs> I mean, like the, the odds of this is just astronomical. It's, it's a one night stand that leads to a pregnancy. It's not impossible. It's not impossible, but for one specific human being from the future, it's pretty damn improbable. Well, I would argue that um, it's a set time loop, and that sperm was always going to be the one. The one <laughs> sperm, the neosperm in there. <laughs> <laughs> sperm is just like, I know kung fu. Whipping his tail around, just trying to make sure he gets in there at the right time. Fuck it, it's great. One. Damn it. It's a, it's a one for sure. Hero. Who is our hero? I'm not is sure. It, it's is either it Sarah Connor or, or it's, Connor. it's, I don't know. It's, uh... The Terminator is the top build. Arnold Schwarzenegger's right. top build. Linda Hamilton is third build, but I, I would argue that she is the hero here. I'll say eventually she's the oh, hero but here. Event, you're right. I think Kyle Reese is the one who, who goes through the arc of finding Look Sarah. at this photograph! <laughs> Every time I do a make me go back in time and fuck this lady. <laughs> uh, 0.25 for heroes. 0.25 they save the day for heroes. But I don't even know who the hero is. They, they save the day until the sequel. Right. And at what cost? I feel like we could have gone to 0.5, but I feel like we need to punish the movie we, because it made us Nickelback. We absolutely could have gone to 0.5, but Nickelback will always dock you a quarter point. Villains. It's the Terminator. It's iconic it's as all hell. Terminator. I'm. I want to go one five. Sold. He has less than a hundred lines of dialogue, and he's just still the best thing ever. He was not brought into this movie for his dialogue. He was there to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's it. Which is a whole other thing that we're gonna get to in a little bit. Exactly. Parents. Willie Nelson. <laughs> Here's what's great about this: John Connor's parents. We know John Connor's not even in the movie doesn't count right kyle reese he's coming from the future his parents who cares sarah connor's mom dies in the movie we know that yes we do 0.25 i I guess that's what we have to go with i guess because i don't know because i have no idea i mean i imagine that kyle reese one of the the last surviving members of humanity doesn't have parents anymore but like it's never explicitly stated sure we gotta hear it we can't just assume right female characters Linda fucking Hamilton. It is Linda fucking Hamilton. We already established, passes the Bechdel test. Her arc in this movie is insane. This is the origin to one of the strongest female characters ever on film. Full stop. One. One. Setting. It's LA. And it's LA tonight. Point five. Point five. Hey, let's talk about the future, though. It's just a lot of skulls on the ground and darkness. Skulls and darkness and laser beams. Yeah, like I said, point five. 0.5. 0.5. We'll go with 0.5. Style and tone. It's got to be way up there. It's, it has to be way up there. I have this quote from Jimmy Kims. He says, casting Arnold Schwarzenegger as her Terminator shouldn't have worked. This guy is supposed to be an infiltration unit, and there's no way you wouldn't spot a Terminator in a crowd instantly if they all looked like Arnold. It made no sense whatsoever. But the beauty of movies is that they don't have to be logical. They just have to be plausible. If there is... A visceral cinematic thing happening the audience likes. They don't care if it goes against what's likely. He used literally every buzzword that I have said on this episode. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go 1-5. One 1-5. Five. One five. I'm with you there. This movie is just so good. It really is. And then we talk about music. Bum, 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 bum. 
bum, 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 bum. But it's like not the cool version from T2. It's the very right, no, it's stringy cinematic version that, eh, it's all right. Brad Fiedel. And then, oh man, the love scene with the, the, the piano. I was like, this is bad. I'll go 0.25 because it establishes one of the coolest themes in the future. I think that's fair. And since time travel is a thing, I think we can get away with that. Right, right. We're going to give it a 0.25 today because of the what happened tonight. In the tonight. Damn it. <laughs> That's what I meant. Hey, Dave, how about one-liners? How about a two? How about a two? Yeah. There are so many, and it's not even that there's so many, they're incredibly iconic. Exactly. The few, even if there weren't, even if there were only two, they're still like two of the biggest ever. It's true. That is a two for one-liners, which brings us to our final category, impact on the genre. I'm going to go two again. Like, no thought involved, it's a two. None. None whatsoever. Uh, This movie, iconic, and broke down so many barriers for, it's just, come on, it's Terminator. What more do you need? And it makes me think, like, would T2 be higher than that or lower than that? (laughs) Oh, that's a good question. And I don't know. And maybe one day we'll find out. Not today or tonight or whatever we're talking about. Not tonight. Maybe in the future, which is actually the past for us. Right. Time travel, It's all plausible, though. Get logic out of here. As long as it's plausible, it doesn't matter. Logic's dead still. Like, we have not resurrected logic yet. Logic has been gone for a while. (laughs) That is going to give Terminator a final score of 10.25. Wow. I knew it was yeah. going to be big, but... I knew it was going to be big, too. That's up there. That is, that's a biggie, for sure. I like it. That's fantastic. If you haven't seen it by now, what do you even do with your life? Now that we've ruined the, the twist endings, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> that's the right way to put it. So I guess the next question is, Brian, what are we talking about next week? We have just come back from our break. And we missed a pivotal moment in those weeks we were away. It's my birthday! It's your birthday. So next week, uh, I can't answer that question because it is your choice. It is my choice. Every year, we get to do birthday picks. And they could be anything. There are no rules for a birthday pick. And yet, I chose Power Rangers twice. Yes, you did. Because I'm a bad person. Well, yeah. (laughs) We all know that. But the picks that I've had in the past, I like to gift... You, the audience. Yeah. Which is some gold. So I've picked Howard the Duck, which was on brand. It's very on brand. I've picked Demolition Man because it's awesome. The three seashells could have come in use in this movie, maybe. Possibly. <laughs> that would be so weird in the future. You see John Connor with his seashells like in his encampment or whatever. <laughs> I've picked Ghostbusters. Oh, yes. And for this year. I've decided to go with a movie that we've joked about a lot. Oh, no. And I feel like it only got funnier after the Oscars happened. Because (laughs) we are going to be talking about 1999's Wild Wild West. Oh, my God. Um, That is a fantastic pick. And I'm very excited to talk about Wild Wild West. We've talked about it a lot. It's come up frequently. (laughs) So I think it's about time we dive into that dumpster fire of a film that I kind of like. I haven't seen it since the theaters with with Mitchell, who's been on a couple of my birthday episodes. Mm -hmm. And that's probably the last time I saw Wild Wild West. 
Oh, boy, you're in for a treat, my friend. I already know it's got a Will Smith song in it, though, and that that makes me feel And a giant things. spider. And a giant spider. So next week, 1999's Wild Wild West. Until then, be sure to rate, review, subscribe. Join us on Patreon this month for Big Fish. That's a Dave pick coming at you. I'm hitting you guys hard and heavy right now. After we gave you Jurassic Park last month while we were on our break. So if you haven't listened to that, get over to Patreon. Check out the Jurassic Park and get ready for Big Fish. And listen to all the other stuff on Patreon. There's so much there. What are you doing here? Go there. Go to Patreon. It's great. We have a lot of fun over there. Follow us on our social media at Kate Podcasters. And uh, be sure to email us your questions, comments, katepodcasters at gmail.com. Brian, feels good to be back. You got anything else? Nothing else for me. Fantastic. We're going to see you guys next week for Wild Wild West. Same pod time? Same pod. I'm my own grandpa. (laughs) 